Welcome to the Pain Solutions Podcast. Dr. Wayne Fimister is a family physician with a special interest in chronic pain, whose passion is finding solutions for this epidemic problem facing one-third of the adult population. He is a clinical associate professor at the University of British Columbia in Canada and has developed one of the first online medical trigger point injection courses for doctors and nurse practitioners, a technique that is easily learned and implemented into the medical office of any doctor or nurse practitioner treating chronic pain. To get free access to Pain Solutions newsletter, blogs, and to register for his online course, simply register at www.waynefimister.com. On the podcast, Dr. Wayne brings together experts from various segments to share with you how they solve people's pain problems and how you can get this treatment too. And now, here's your host, Dr. Wayne Fimister. Well, hello and welcome to the podcast. Today, my very special guest is Cindy Perlin. She is a licensed clinical social worker, certified in biofeedback, and also a chronic pain survivor herself. She's she's the author of the book, The Truth About Chronic Pain Treatments, The Best and the Worst Strategies for Becoming Pain-Free. So thank you so much, Cindy, for joining me today, having you on the podcast. Oh, well, you're welcome. Thank you for having me on. Okay, so we're just going to go back to the beginning, just in your life. Where did you grow up and what was your childhood like? (laughs) Well, I started out in the Bronx in New York City and um, moved to Long Island when I was 13. The city was um, getting a little challenging as a place to live, so we moved to Long Island. And then I came up to Albany, New York, uh, where I live now and where I've lived for 39 years, I guess it is. Wow. Okay. So you've been there a little while. And yeah. um, you migrated into the field of social work. So what's, what was the reason for going into that field of work? Well, I got to college and I was an uh, English major because I loved to read. And I realized when I got to college that what I really liked about literature was what made people tick in that exploration. So I changed to psychology and then, you know, wanted to do something with that. So I went into social work. I had a couple of years off where I, um, I worked as a caseworker in foster care in between. Okay. And then how long was it before you actually moved on or um, went into the, the, the biofeedback world of helping people with pain? Well, I actually um, was at a commission partway through graduate school because I hurt my back and I was disabled for three years and um, biofeedback helped me get better. I kind of stumbled on it and it really changed my life and got me back to being able to function again. So I, um, I took a job in an administrative position and worked at that for quite a few years while I finished my degree. But what really interested me was ha- helping people to heal, especially from chronic pain and chronic illness in general. So what's the type of services that you now provide with this biofeedback service? Well, I do psychotherapy and biofeedback, and I work with people with all kinds of challenges, whether it's anxiety and depression, 
chronic pain, um, other kinds of chronic illness. And I work with both peripheral and uh, brainwave biofeedback. So peripheral is everything but the brain. It's measuring hand temperature, muscle tension, skin moisture, respiration rate. Those are all um, measures that are affected by stress. And, the, and that's what helped me, hand temperature biofeedback. And then I got into brainwave biofeedback because it, there's incredible potential there to heal people uh, by changing the way that their brain works. So you had a personal experience yourself with chronic pain and you had the hand, the hand temperature um, approach with biofeedback, which helped. And now you moved on to the more uh, cranial forms where you use a combination of both. Is that right? I still use both depending on the circumstances. Uh, peripheral biofeedback is a shorter time frame. People can practice at home. It's less of a commitment. So for some things like anxiety and pain, I might start with that and see how people do and then progress to neurofeedback, which requires more frequent sessions and a longer-term commitment. I'll do that if the biofeedback, the peripheral biofeedback doesn't help enough. Okay. So you mentioned in your, uh, a few minutes ago about your own journey. You had disability with back pain. So, you know, what was, how was that for you, you know, going through and finding solutions yourself? Well, it was pretty awful because the doctors just wanted to throw drugs at it. They didn't know what was wrong with me. I went to a lot of doctors. They kept giving me different drugs, opiates, muscle relaxers, uh, anti-inflammatory. Some of the drugs are very dangerous. None of them really helped. And I was in despair, really. Um, I went to a doctor who spent a lot of time with me, seemed to be very compassionate and said, you might have this the rest of your life. And I was only 25 and it was agony. And I really didn't want to live like that for the rest of my life. I started thinking about suicide. And luckily, a friend of mine intervened and said, you got to read this book. And the book was Anatomy of an Illness about a man who laughed his way back to health after experiencing a chronic progressive joint disease. And um, he mentioned biofeedback. So I went and got biofeedback. And the fact that I had to stumble on it that way, almost by accident, that the doctors didn't guide me to it, didn't suggest it, held out no hope, knew nothing about it. That was very discouraging, and that's why I'm so committed to getting the message out now to people with pain, that there are options. There's lots of them, not just biofeedback, um, and it's not just about taking drugs. If you want to get better, you have to look at the root cause, and you have to address it. Okay, so oh, listen, thank you so much for that testimony and um, um, this is why the podcast is here to, you know, to talk to people, professionals, as well as patients and people who have got pain themselves and to find ways of, of making breakthroughs in their life because our traditional model does not really support um, a mind-body approach or a holistic approach in general and therefore I find many patients are left stuck with their situation and although treatments can be helpful 
they're not always um, bringing them to the point where patients are happy or, or can move on in their life, and they're and they're often just demoralised and they just struggle. So, um, thank you for that few words there. So you mentioned the root cause. So in your case, what what was the root cause that you could identify? Well, I think that originally it was an injury, a physical injury, because it started when I took up running, trying to get in better shape. And as I continued to run, my back hurt more and more. And I had these shoe inserts that were made out of hard plastic. And I think that was part of the problem. But once I was in pain, I think that the stress of being in pain and not seeing an improvement and once you have a muscle injury, uh, you're much more susceptible to pain from stress. So it became a cyclical thing of I wasn't healing because I was always stressed and upset. And um, I needed to get out of that place to get better. And, and stress is, is, a, is a very real thing for many of us. And, you know, so how, how was the journey... Um, of just reducing that or reversing that? Like, how did that happen for you? Well, it was really about um, going to the psychologist who did biofeedback and finding out that my mind affected my body because I really didn't know that other than reading the book I mentioned where um, the author had laughed himself to better health. I didn't understand that my worry, you know, I would worry the night before about the next day and how I was going to get through it. And the psychologist explained that that worry was going to make things worse, that I would wake up having already created stress in my body that would exacerbate the pain. And he taught me a very simple relaxation technique. He gave me a, um, what you could call a, portable biofeedback device was actually just a strip that um, changed color depending on how stressed or relaxed you were. And my pain was reduced 50% in one day because the stress of feeling out of control was gone because I had learned that there was something that I could do to make the pain better. The, the idea that I had, the belief I had that my body was just attacking me and there was nothing I could do, and it was not of my own making. It was this alien part of me that was creating it. That was corrected. So that would be that intervention is called cognitive behavioral therapy, and that can be very, very helpful for people in pain, just connecting their thoughts to what's happening in their body and learning how to monitor and shift thoughts is very important. Yes, it's certainly something that in my research as a family physician, you know, looking for solutions and ways of helping patients with pain, the, the cognitive behavioral model and cognitive behavioral techniques like what you're mentioning are just so important and often so easily done. And like simple breathing exercises or stopping negative thoughts as they come into your head and replacing them with neutral thoughts or, or um, positive thoughts. And um, yes, I can... I, I, I've got a similar um, experience with many patients who can take on this type of approach. So good for you. It's great. So now you're, you're working, you're, you've written a book um, about this. So you can tell us a little bit about your, your book that you wrote. 
Well, the book is an, really an overview of all the different pain treatments that are out there, conventional and alternative. So it goes through the drugs, the opioids, the non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, um, things like gabapentin or Neurontin, and what you know what the problems are with those approaches, with surgical approaches. Then it goes into other kinds of alternative healing, uh, the mind-body approach that we were just talking about, acupuncture, physical therapy, chiropractic, low-level laser therapy, which is something I had never heard of before I started researching my book. Um, so it goes through all these different therapies and and talks about the research behind them. It has interviews with patients and uh, practitioners in terms of their experience with the different techniques. And so it's really an overview of what's likely to be helpful and what's not. Mm-hmm. And um, mentions my own experience in healing. And I just wanted to mention also that as an outgrowth of my book, I've created a website um, that does a similar thing. It's called, it's at um, paintreatmentdirectory.com. And it has lots of articles, it has products, it has providers um, that can help with chronic pain. Well, thanks for sharing that. I will certainly look into that myself and uh, utilize some of your resources. Thank you. So one, one few more questions here. Uh, what is now the biggest challenge you're facing now? Um, are you talking about personally or professionally? Uh, both. Well, I think that uh, professionally, I've, I've set so many goals for myself that personally, it's hard to get enough life-work balance. <laughs> yes. Professionally, um, I think there are a lot of challenges. I'm trying to work on the issue of that health insurance does not pay for the treatments that help people the most. And I think that's a huge problem. And the other part of that is that because opioids have been pushed on patients for so long and so many people become dependent on them, there are so many patients out there who don't believe anything else could help them. You know, they've been so brainwashed that opioids are the best thing for chronic pain. And actually, they're one of the worst things because they might help initially, but over time, they make it harder to overcome pain. And um, I hear from people who've been taking opioids for decades, and they're still in terrible chronic pain. They've needed more and more uh, opioids to get the same effect, and their lives are very constricted. They're still in a lot of pain, and they're just stuck. And convincing them that something else could work better is very challenging. Well, I thank you for your work, and you know, with this opioid crisis that's upon us in in North America, uh, we really do need alternative solutions. And I thank you for your work with your book and with your website and helping patients uh, where they can go and find um, answers for for their pain issues. So just to wrap up, um, is there anything else you'd like to share that we haven't already discussed? Hmm, Good question. (laughs) Well, I think that the importance of nutrition should be mentioned. That there are many nutritional deficiencies that could cause pain. For instance, omega-3 fatty acids, 
uh, vitamin D. Uh, you're even further north than I am. People get very little sun on their skin, which is the main way that we make vitamin D. And just a vitamin D deficiency um, can cause widespread pain. Um, magnesium is another deficiency. And then there are um, things that we ingest that are not good for us and can cause chronic pain, like aspartame, uh, which is also called NutraSweet, um, MSG. Uh, some people are very gluten sensitive, and even though they might not have the classic gluten um, celiac disease symptoms, they do get pain from gluten. So, you know, I think there's three basics for self-care. Uh, one is that mind-body connection and managing stress. The second is moving your body, because if you don't move your body, that's going to create more pain, and you have to find the right exercise. And the third is diet. If you take care of those three things, um, most likely you're not going to need a lot of outside intervention. Well, again, thank you so much um, for your testimony and for your, for your journey and success yourself and now helping other people with this um, real big problem we have in our hands in the medical community and also in the, the larger health community. So thank you so much. And um, I will um, make notes on this um, website that you've mentioned and also your book and make it available to the public as well. Okay, thanks Thank so much. You. Thank you. You take care. Bye for now. Bye.